Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod, a Nirvana fan podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Travis Clark. Hey, welcome to Heart Shaped Pod. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I remain Travis fucking Clark. Travis fucking Clark. TFC. Mm hmm. For short. That's right. How have you been since we recorded last? You know, it's been a while. It's been hard to really con- condense the last five minutes of my life uh, yeah. into a sentence, but I think I just did. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's it. We went and stood in my solarium. In my solarium. Because we could not retire to the library. So instead, we went to the solarium. The solarium. So where, what are we talking about today? Uh, some more of those obscure or lesser known Nirvana songs. Lesser that, known. That weren't necessarily singles or even B-sides, but uh, the deep cuts. Yeah, deep cuts, lesser known Nirvana songs that the, uh, everyone should know about. Yeah, the uh, I was slicing a bagel in my hand. Deep cuts. Right, 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 right. Oh, I used to work at a subway once, and oh, I, I tried no. to. I, 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 I was using the sharp knife, and I tried to clean it off with a piece of wax paper. No. Oh no, no! And my finger slid no. down. Oh. Bad times. Oh, do you still have all the fingers? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like a really deep, deep cut. Uh, I'm going to show you this. It's going to be just for you. It looks like it's a giant blister on my finger right here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the tip of my finger I cut off as a child. Ugh. And uh, we were very, very poor. We didn't have that uh, Kurt Cobain health insurance yeah. kind of thing. So my dad just took the tip of my finger and stuck it back on and wrapped some tape on it. Now I have a deformed finger. Wow. Yeah. That is a fascinating story. <laughs> there you go. It's one for the ages. <laughs> but now we're just going to talk about obscure songs. Yeah. We should talk about uh, grotesque injuries all day. Sure. Why not? <laughs> That's what I want to talk yeah, about. It's now, a but. weird way that they took the show. They said they want to talk about Nirvana. Now they just talked about ways they hurt each other <laughs> or hurt themselves and other people. And just... then they started hurting each other. Yeah, and it was weird. Really com- took it to extremes. But it was kind of compelling. I kind of was interested. <laughs> I wanted to see where it was going. We're nominated for a podcast. Yeah, award they're going to get a potty for how much they hurt their body. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what they're called. I, I hope know. not. I hope not. If so, I don't ever want to win one. It's a toilet with headphones on it. <laughs> it's a potty. I don't know what this is. Oh, let's put that in a box yeah. in the closet. Thank you. So, thank you. Is thank that you? A, that's every accepted speech. Thanks. Thank you. Breitbart.com. What I the fuck is what? this? What, what is this? A prank? <laughs> the potties. So what uh, what song should we talk about first? You want to go first? Uh, I'll go first. You know, one that I like a lot. Uh, they got some a little bit of airplay at least here in L.A. when I was uh, younger. I call it kind of the prototype for uh, what would end up being the Foo Fighters, and it's it's a, it's labeled a Nirvana song, but it's not Kurt on vocals. Uh, nope. It's uh, it's called Marigold, and it's got uh, our boy Dave Grohl singing and someone moving a chair. I don't. Yeah, there's a lot of weirdness going on <laughs> yeah. in the background, and uh, this is uh, allegedly a song about Kurt Cobain, right? Is that what it is? Because he wasn't there during the. Re- this was he was still alive when they recorded this, though I believe. Yeah. Or wait, no, I think I'm thinking of a different. You're thinking song. of there's a Foo Fighters song that is about. Yeah. 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 Um, my hero is supposed to be about no, but there's a uh, friend of a friend. Yes, yeah. friend of a friend. Yeah. That's that's the one that's about Kurt Cobain, right? But yeah, this was the only Nirvana song featuring Dave Grohl on lead vocals. Right, he wrote it. I believe he played the guitar on it. I don't Did even he? think Kurt's involved with this, which is why it's odd that it's. A- well, I wonder if Kurt played drums. Maybe that's because it, right. They have that really great cover of Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks that is only on, it's on like DVDs, I've seen it, uh, but it's a really great cover, and it's Kurt playing drums. And That's what he started off in, isn't it? Wasn't that the first instrument that yeah. he started playing, or at least Mickey Mouse drum kit? That's right. We covered that on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was... Uh, this was my internet password for a long time. Marigold? Was Marigold. Because I, I just I, I always thought this was a really cool song. I think it's an amazing song. I think a lot of it has to do with just the fact that it's the only Dave Grohl song, but it's also a cool song. It's got a neat melody. It's yeah. got a neat kind of this little harmony thing that comes in. I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, and it's another one of these songs that you go, 
it's obtuse and, and abstract enough that you can kind of make it about what you want it to be about. Right. You know? Uh, and again, I love I love any song that has furniture moving in it. Yeah. Uh, on the studio version. Very strange opening. Yeah. I think we have... Yeah, the, the we'll listen to... The song I'll play next also has weird... If I found the right version, has really weird noises in the beginning. But I feel in this version, I could be wrong, I don't think that's intentional. I think this is just kind of a... Capturing an idea kind of thing And it was someone moving shit while they were rolling I don't think it's yeah. supposed to be part of the song Yeah, probably not That's Marigold, and that's Marigold ladies, and gentlemen. ladies and gentlemen Dave Grohl, hope he lands on his feet Hope his post-Nirvana career Really takes off Shout out to you Dave Grohl, we're all thinking about you If you got a GoFundMe or something out there Let us know, we'll yeah. tweet it out I mean, I just think it's great that, you know, a guy from the D.C. scene just stuck with it, you know? Yeah. Just, you know. Still grinding away. Yeah. Still you know? doing DIY Do- stuff. Doing it for him. Probably traveling out of a van, I uh, bet. You know, and good for him. Recording in his garage. Sure, and I think he's a fan For his HBO series. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other people's garages. <laughs> other people's million-dollar garages. Spending all kinds of money on a specialty soundboard that you once recorded on as a young man because you fell in love with the way it sounded. That's uh the there's a documentary about that place though. Yeah, that, Sound City. Yeah. Great documentary. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic. Great band that he put together to to play songs on it. Oh yeah. Cuz Alan Johannes, who's one of my favorite guitar players, uh was part of that little group and he came in and played yeah. some stuff and they did some shows called the Sound City Players. Cool stuff. Yeah. Good times. All right, let's uh you got a pick, yeah. Let's talk about Oh the Guilt. Oh, the guilt. One that I know but don't know as well. Yeah, I don't. I'm having trouble remembering where this was. This the song that was the split with the Jesus Lizard? I think it is. That sounds right. Yeah. And if I found the right version, we were just talking about weird noises at the beginning. This one has the sound of someone flicking a lighter. Flicking a lighter. Yeah. Oh, oh, is this this about, uh, about drug use? fucking love this song so much. I don't know if I found the lighter version, but it's fun. Oh. Funny that this would be on a split with Jesus Lizard, because it's a very Jesus Lizardy yeah. sounding song. Yeah. Which is probably their intent. I think so, but I think also Kurt's very easily influenced. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which, shout out to those, like bands like Jesus Lizard. Jesus Lizard was so fucking great. I went to a... Uh, <laughs> I went to... A New Year's party with David Yao once. Uh, that's the lead guy yeah. from Jesus Lizard. And um, I don't know him. He was just there. And it was one of those parties where like, he just got so incredibly drunk and yeah. whatever he was doing. And this was at a, uh, at a recording studio out in the desert in uh, Joshua Tree, the famed yeah. Rancho de la Luna. I got invited one time. But the everyone was staying down at the... Uh, nearby hotel because Rancho de la Luna is actually very tiny yeah so my buddy had to help David Yao back to the hotel and David Yao was so drunk that he kept passing out and waking up and thinking that my friend was trying to rob him and would try to fight him <laughs> <laughs> and then finally he just went why are you doing this <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah this song uh, a lot of the stuff I picked for this episode is a lot heavier like yeah. Last time, a lot of the songs I picked were very poppy. I think mine were as well. I mean, I, look, I opened with Marigold, which is yeah, almost uh, a lullaby. Right. And uh, this is definitely one of their heavier B-sides. Well, it's funny. You know, uh, last episode, we were talking about kind of him getting to know the Melvins and getting to know those bands and that sound uh, of the Pacific Northwest. Early Nirvana had a very Melvin's-y quality to it. A right. very loud, rock, raucous, raucous uh, yeah. um, thing, which is what they're known for. But then you go and you listen to, especially in Nevermind, it's a very quiet album. As loud as it is, it's also very yeah. quiet. And so it's, I think it's you kind of get lost in a little bit that they were this kind of spiraling crazy band that they had yeah. this potential as well because you think of their even like smells like teen spirits kind of a pretty well 
structured song and it's kind of right. catchy and moving. But you know, this it, is, it, Nevermind sounds really clean. It does. It sounds really clean and organized. Right. And which I think was Butch Vig going, "This is what your song is." Yeah. St- no, do this. But I mean, this is that's that's Kurt. That is yeah. the essence of Kurt. And that's that's why In Utero is my favorite album, because right. I feel like it's both of those things. Yeah, you said early on it was a mixture of Bleach and uh, Nevermind. Nevermind. And I never thought of it that way, but I've been listening to it more with that in mind, and I totally hear it. Yeah. Now. I completely hear and, it. And like, the acoustic songs, a bunch ended up on Unplugged, so it's like got that, that was little cool. quality to it. That, that was, was Oh the Guilt. Oh the Guilt. Which... I believe you can find on the Nevermind reissue. Oh, right. I keep forgetting there's all those special editions. Yeah. All of these songs are eventually... They, I feel like Nirvana's done a really good job with their reissues. Like, they haven't... They've been... I feel like one of the more respectful to the fans in terms of giving right. them... Like, the... Every band does the thing where the one new song ends up on a greatest hits album, right. and we're always going to have to deal with that. Prince did that, like Prince didn't do it, but Prince is like after he died, he had this really great unreleased song that they put on his like fifth greatest hits album. Doesn't Prince have like albums and albums of unreleased songs? That yeah, guy was oh, just yeah. always creating. He had a literal vault that someone had to come drill open that was just full of unreleased. Music. ABC, right? Always be creating. Yeah, is that him? Yeah. Or is that just, that was just his philosophy. Yeah, probably yeah. just his philosophy. Who knows? But with Nirvana, they, they've just, I think they've pretty much released everything. I mean, by now, in terms of music, because all the, right, all the B sides and demos ended up on those reissues. We even got some C sides. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would, I would be very surprised if 23 plus years out from his death, there's still some. Yeah finished worth listening you know that's not gonna because uh, the worth listening is important right because you don't want to shit on the legacy which at this point it is right uh you know they they were one of the biggest bands in the world and people still buy the shit out of this stuff yeah they're still i don't know if where they rank on the list but nirvana still is a top earner in entertainment right every year, right you know yeah. um so yeah you can't just go like here's something feet Kurt Cobain, you know, yeah. like uh, you got to, although speaking of feet, Kurt Cobain, did you ever listen to the the priest they call him where he's just playing that oh, weird yeah. shit in the background while Burroughs talks? Yeah. I considered putting that on this list because it's obtuse and obscure. Right. And not really. It's also like 12 minutes long. It's 12 minutes long and it's William Burroughs talking with guitar noises in the yeah. back. It's yeah. kind of with us talking over that, it would just be very, what's happening? Yeah. Please explain what's weird. happening. Yeah. And also too, I don't know how to talk about that for 12 minutes. We no, just go, no. If you listen right here, he's playing a little bit of Silent Night. Do you hear it? Because he's talking about Christmas. Okay, <laughs> it's done now. Now it's just noise again. What I, song should we talk about next? Uh, Paper Cuts is on my list for a couple of reasons. Paper Cuts cuts is, I believe, was always on Bleach. I don't think it was one of those things that showed up on later versions of Bleach. Uh, No, Big Cheese is the song that wasn't on Bleach. I think Big Cheese and Downer, one of those two wasn't on Bleach at first. got added. So much of Bleach sounds like this, which is funny to me. Yeah. There's a a few times where if you just kind of hit and shuffle on Bleach, you're like, which one is this? Yeah, you know, because they all kind of start with these big jump, 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 jump. Yeah, it's a very, it's their most grunge album. I would agree for sure, and which is one of the reasons I picked this song because when they get to the kind of chorusy part, yeah, I can't remember how much overlap there is between them and Alice in Chains, but it starts to sound like an Alice in Chains. Oh song. yeah, for sure. It yeah. has that weird, like wall of sound, wall kind of, of sound, thing. and like like minor harmony yeah you know uh which it's funny to me because it's even if they weren't necessarily fans of one another there it is this sounds very alice and chainsy mm. to me they would have at least been aware of each other oh were, yeah well, for I, sure i mean that sounds like lane staley right there yeah. to me. it's what that sounds like yeah right that sounds exactly like Th- that's what I think every song. time I hear it. I was like, oh my God, it's like an unreleased Alice in Chains song. Yeah. But it's a Nirvana song. Yeah. Yeah, this is a. Um, is this the song that's about uh, kids 
who are uh, being held captive. It's, oh, I is think that what that's about? It's based, I believe it's based on a true story or something that actually happened in Washington where this couple had these kids that they just like chained and, in their attic and like would come up and feed them occasionally. But and then just like paper cut them? Treated them like, I don't know why it's called paper cuts. I don't know if that was actually part of it. But uh, like he, at one point he, he has that line about uh, something like their eyes look just like mine. Why don't they try to escape? Oh, and he's like looking out the window and seeing kids with their parents and assuming that all parents are like captors and these kids are lucky enough to be outside. Why don't they fucking run and get away? There it They're is. Away. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's a dark song. And I Jesus. think it's based on this is one of the things that I'm like pulling from memory and I could be wrong, but I, I think it is based on a real thing. But Kurt had a thing about captives and take my mother away. Take my family, my family away. away. Yeah, they show, it, that's DCFS showing up and being like, what are you doing to these fucking kids? Uh, let's get them out of here. I really feel like I want to go back and just talk to Kurt. Yeah. Just be like, what's going on, bud? Like, I wish I could have been a friend to him back then. Because it's like, yeah. I, I love what you made, but there was some shit going on. And yeah, I, good for you for channeling it, but that clearly wasn't enough. Right. You know? Yeah, because this is the kind of thing where I'm sure if you'd asked him about it, he would be just like, oh, I just wrote it about there's a, a story I made. Happened. I read a story and I thought it was interesting, so I yeah. like, kind of made my own version of it. But there's obviously more right. at work there. Which Yeah, it's a thing about a kid wanting to run away. Like The more I'm thinking about it, the more it's, I'm seeing him putting himself in that situation, yeah. feeling captive by his parents, wanting yeah. to get away from them, getting away from them, but then coming back to them and... It's also interesting that he says Nirvana a bunch at the end of this. Does this he was, really? Yeah, this was before they actually had settled on their name. That's what he's saying over and over. I gotta listen to records with you more often, man. <laughs> you, you got shit I don't pick up. You know, I'm just sitting here being like, here's why the guy's sad. You're like, no, here's what it's really about. <laughs> that was Paper Cuts, Paper available cut. on the Bleach album. <laughs> Bleach. In stores now. And also available streaming and on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. It's that's that's one you won't have any any trouble no. tracking down. But it's it's the lesser of the three in terms of ones yeah. that people jump into, I feel. Yeah, because there's not a lot of well known songs on no. Bleach. Uh, one of the ones I'm covering is actually one of the better known songs. I think I think about a girl's the biggest song off of Bleach because oh, yeah. they played it at the sure. at the um unplugged thing. I'll play another Bleach song now. You're going to bleach it up? Let's do it. Oh, I can't wait till we start talking about the recording of that album because that's some fucking stories. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's got that message on back about it being recorded for $637 right, or something. Right, 17 yeah. cents. Or, like, yeah. it, doesn't, it gets to like a decimal point, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. This and song, for that amount of money, sounds really great. Like, yeah. You could, to record a, a record for that now is very easy to record a record that right. sounds that good like that 26 years ago. That was tough. Pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. You're calling in a lot of favors and you're getting a lot of like, fuck, that sounded great. Thank God. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So this song is called Negative Creep. I'm a negative creep. I'm a negative creep. And this, uh, this was on Bleach. I think this is probably the second most well-known, well-known, uh, uh, Love Buzz is on Bleach. Right, but that's not even their song. Right, right, that's a cover. Uh, this is probably one of the better-known songs from Bleach. They played it at their concerts for their entire career. It was always a part of their set list. I can see why. I mean, that's a it's great a fun way. song, yeah. It's a great way to get people riled up. Yeah. This was one of the early examples of people... Uh, Kind of calling Kurt Cobain out for kind of crossing over from influence into, did you steal that? Because uh. there's uh, there's a Mud Honey song that has a really similar chorus to Daddy's Little Girl yeah. and a Girl No More. Really? Yeah. And I don't remember what the exact wording of it is because... Uh, Nirvana won, so I only know Negative Creep. Right. But I do. I fucking love Mud Honey. They're... It's funny, though, to listen to these earlier 
noisier songs. Yeah. If you were to play this and then listen to All Apologies right after, right. which is the last... Well, I guess we had um, uh, You Know You're Right. Uh, right. But the last closing of a recorded album. Right. See, you can see, you can hear it, but it also it seems like two things that almost don't yeah. go together. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's... it's very different. This is also on the Bleach album. And yeah, this is kind of what Bleach sounds like. Like, I, I feel not bad, but I can imagine how many people heard MTV Unplugged and went and heard this, about a girl right. and were like, oh my God, Bleach. I have to hear Bleach. And then they heard a bunch of songs like this right. and were like, what is this? What is it? Yeah. It's Melvin's Honey. You know what song I should have played from Bleach that is, I didn't put on the list is Blue. That was always that's one the opener. of my favorite songs. Is yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That uh, that's another song that they played a lot. Uh, I think my list is pretty show. bleach heavy. Yeah. Actually I know yeah. it is because the next few songs are also on bleach. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely the the harder side of Nirvana. Which they definitely had. Like it you, their singles were very pop. Until you got into the in utero thing. Because remember, the whole thing with in utero is everybody, the rumor was that uh, Geffen was unhappy with it because it wasn't commercially viable. And when you hear it, you go, I get why they would say that. But at the same time, it is now. Yeah. 24 years ago, it was a little little kick in the face to uh, mainstream radio. Yeah, there were there were lots of rumors around that time that right. it was like not going to come out or that it was like abrasive and people didn't want to release it. Right. And there was to some degree there there was some of that because as much as Kurt kind of played that down and was like, you know, it was just the record company being shitty, if if you go back and look at it, they they did actually remix Two or three like of the two songs. or three of the songs, yeah. and they were the what would have been the singles, right? Uh, I think it was Penny Royalty, uh, All Apologies, and Heart Box, and All Apologies, yeah. which are the three really obvious singles, right, from that album, and Rape Me. I yeah. mean, of course, and Rape Me, guys. It's time to put out a new single. What should we do? <laughs> rape Me. Uh, what else you got? What that's, else do you have? Other songs? That's that's one of the all-time great live performance stories of the the MTV Music Awards they did where they wanted to play Rape Me and MTV was like if you do we will stop your performance as soon as it starts and uh Kurt was like fine we'll play Lithium or whatever and he goes out and plays like the first 15 seconds of Rape Me and then right at the last minute when they were getting ready to pull the plug he switches and oh plays oh my god that's the same one where chris novoselic threw his bass in the air and it landed on his face oh, right like oh knocked wait, himself unconscious right and then yeah. and then uh, uh, kurt kicks him in the butt cuz he doesn't know what happened cuz yeah. it all happened behind kurt's <laughs> back and then in the interview later he's like then he kicks me in the butt dad <laughs> such a fun band <laughs> yeah, such a goofball ah what song should we listen to next? Uh, I would like to go with Floyd the Barber. I get this stuck in my head all yeah. the time. Also on Bleach, as you can tell. Yeah, it has that very Bleach. Yeah. Hello, tall dream. Come on in. <laughs> it's just so great. So great. This is a song about Floyd Barber from uh, from Andy Griffith. From Andy Griffith, I assume. Yeah, no, right? it is. Right? Yeah, it's about him basically being molested by Floyd Barber and also Floyd's murdering people. Yeah, because that's what barbers used to do. Yeah, and now every time there's so many barber shops called Floyd's Barber right. Shop. There's a chain of them. Yeah, and every time I see and one, and they just molest and kill people. Yeah, every that's time all I they see do. one, I'm like, that guy fucking molests people. <laughs> Not go in there. Why are you guys going in there? <laughs> Don't you guys know? There's a lot of, uh, I'm just kind of noticing this. A lot of kids being wronged by adults. Yes. On Bleach, or I'm, just a lot of, uh, I don't know, people in power abusing people. Well, that, on Bleach. That kind of goes out. I mean, yeah, Polly. Yeah, uh, rape me. I mean, like all of them are. He doesn't get really self-reflective 
about how he is really until in utero. It's all about kind of past issues. It feels like to yeah. me, which I think is kind of standard for musicians. Sure, like you have your issues you've had your whole life, and like Tori Amos has a quote, uh, something like you get to tell your story once and then you just have to make it up. What do we do with Tori? On. Where'd she go? I don't know. We'll do a covers episode at yeah, some point. Yeah, because she does an amazing Smells, Smells like, like Teen Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. On the piano. But she was everywhere for a while. Yeah. And then, and then you know, there was, there's Tori Can't Read. Oh, Back yeah. Back when Tori was like a rock and roller. Yeah, she was rocking. Yeah, and she, she had like. rocking, Travis. She had big, tall hair. That's the one thing you never saw about um, uh, Nirvana. You never saw them with the crazy tall bangs and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, there's no embarrassing pictures of them. Right. Like Dr. Dre in a sequin suit. <laughs> right. With the world-class wrecking crew. There's, it's just Kurt. Everyone just looks poor. Right. And then you see him at the end of their career, and everyone just looks poor. They look like they just kept with, the clothes from yeah. when they started. Yeah. Which they, I think they did in most cases. But if you going back to Alice in Chains, if you find early Alice in Chains, when I think they spelled it with a Z, yeah. uh, you can find... You can find a video of Lane Staley in like spandex and like the bullet oh, belt yeah. and like the yeah. tall hair. And he's like, hey, come on, girls. <laughs> like doing all that kind of, you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, have you ever looked up early Michael Bolton? When oh, my in, God. That's amazing. When he was in like a metal band. I had no idea about that until probably like four years ago. It's so great. Because you're like the Bolt man. Like, yeah. He used to like, like. He be a rocker. Rock. He wasn't just sitting around trying to make you know secretaries wet. No, like that he was made, he made the music Nirvana killed. Basically, <laughs> yes, he did. He would have very much been in a white something band, like a white stripe, not a white stripe, white uh, white snake, white white lion, white lion, all like of that. those things. Yeah, great white, all of those. Great white, rest in peace. Aren't they still alive? All those people. In, no. Oh, the people they who came are to the show. The yeah, people that went to that show in Connecticut. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Talk about melting some places with the music. <laughs> oh my god, this is so much fun. <laughs> let's let's talk about radio friendly unit shifter. Oh, it's a great one. That's a non bleach track. That's a in utero track. This is on in utero. This is my other. I always say lounge act, but for a lot of years, I also claimed this as my favorite Nirvana song, and it's right up there. It's their neck and neck. But this is this is what they opened most of the shows on their last tour with. Right. And this is almost the perfect Nirvana song to me because it's it's heavy like Bleach. It has right. a lot of that. It's got that cuz it's Steve Albini and that crazy drum sound right. he would get. But there's, you know, tons of feedback. One of my favorite things about Kurt Kurt Cobain's guitar playing was what he did with like feedback and noise. And despite being like one of the louder, more abrasive songs on Utero, it's got a really catchy chorus. And like, if you listen to these verses, it's just him like banging on his guitar, right? And like summoning noise out of it. But then, summoning noise, I like that. Right? Uh, yeah. You should write more. Uh, nah. <laughs> Leave it to the pros. But this chorus is so fucking catchy to me. And he's just saying, what is wrong with me? Over and over. Right. And it's got that fucking riff. It's like a fucking unfinished Billy Squire song or something. It's just, I love it so much. You know what I've I've noticed uh, diving back into the catalog of Nirvana more is how much I didn't really appreciate uh, Nova Selleck's bass playing until I, yeah. I learned more about playing. Like... Yeah, some of it's just root note stuff, but like just the the rhythms that he keeps. Sometimes yeah. he's the rhythm guitarist playing bass, which right, I think is right. really cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it makes a difference. Yeah, for sure. Like even when you know the Foo Fighters did one song with him on an album a couple years back, right. and even then you can hear it. Like right, it's like that's what's missing. Is they they just their sound together was so great. God, I fucking love this song so much. Maybe this is my favorite Nirvana. You think song. this is your favorite favorite? I think so. Top of the top of the tops. Yeah, it's this or Lounge Act. Lounge Act is another good one. We did that one last you episode. Just said fuck yeah. the police. Yeah. Very of the moment of the time. Yes. You know, very much. 
He had a lot of like subversive political messages if you read the lyrics. You didn't always right. hear them. And sometimes he wouldn't even say the ones that were printed in the lyric sheet. You're like, you didn't say God is gay, burn the flag. Yeah. <laughs> that's not in there. <laughs> but that's interesting that you wrote it. And then you would read articles where they were like, and that song ends with him saying God is gay. It's like, no, it doesn't. It just says that in the book. Right, like, yeah. I never heard him say those words. Maybe it's like super low frequency. Maybe it's one of those. Could be. Only yeah. dogs can Only hear it. <laughs> Only dogs, dogs and God. <laughs> dogs are like. Well, we got to fuck the police and burn flags. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. Look, man, it's I don't fine. like it any more than you, but, uh, you know, this is the frequency only That's we can. what we got to do. It's the voice of his generation. Yeah. It's the voice. Yeah. I'm only around for like 10 years. We so are I the got, dogs yeah, of yeah. this generation. Yeah. So. Yeah, I fucking love this song. I had a bootleg. Uh, one of the things I regret getting rid of or losing track of, but I had a VHS bootleg of the Oakland show from the In Utero tour and they open with this and it's fucking amazing. The lights are all crazy during the chorus. But um, at one point during that show, and this was a thing he did more than like kind of frequently uh, at shows, there is a guy in the front row who was like groping this woman and he's playing Jesus Don't Want Me for a Sunbeam solo and uh, you see him like he's playing and he like looks up and like tries to go back to playing and then just stops and gets up and spits on the guy. Spits in his face and is like, get him the fuck out of here. And like just went back to the show and it was the coolest fucking thing. Wow. And I don't have it anymore. It was like on a shitty... VHS that I bought on eBay for like $10. But it was like a decent, like it was a good quality. What made you get rid of it then? I think I just, like, I. One of those purging times where you're like, I gotta have fewer things. I at one point had way too much Nirvana stuff and way too much Simpsons stuff. Okay. And I was, you know, whenever I would move, I'd have to pack all this shit up. Like, I had stacks of Nirvana magazines and... They had a magazine? Well, no, no, no. Like, magazines they were on. Oh, Like, I had all of their Rolling Stone issues that they were on. Like, I had had all the shit. Corporate rock magazine still... (laughs) Yeah. I had that framed at one point in my living room. And I just eventually was like, this is too much. But the that video I should have kept because that's... I also at one point lost a hard drive that had maybe 150 Nirvana bootlegs. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it had... That's got to be all the bootlegs. It's it was, it was a whole lot. It was... Maybe it wasn't 150, but it was pushing it because they did a lot of shows and there was a lot of stuff... Sure. ...that got circulated and... It, like at, there was a time I was on this website called dimeadozen.org and it was just for trading bootlegs via file sharing. Oh, that's cool. And you had to share a certain amount to stay in the group. It, you had to keep a certain ratio. Like you couldn't just come in and take shit and not give people shit. But that was fine. I would just like, once you downloaded something, you could just be the one to share it. So it was fine. But I got so many fucking Nirvana bootlegs wow. that way. So many. I love a bootleg site that has morals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of them do. A lot of them like that. They're like, you're not just going to come in here and leech off us. Yeah. We're the leechers. God damn it. What song should we do next? I would like to do Big Cheese because I have a special uh, attachment to this song. Or I have a memory attached to the song. Mm-hmm. Also on Bleach? A, but originally a B-side to Love Buzz. Right. Right? Yeah, and I then, think they added right. Big Cheese later when it right. was reissued on CD. Uh, uh. So, uh, early 90s, uh, I'm working at a hot dog stand, as one does. Sure, sure. And uh, we, <laughs> we served hot dogs. So hot dogs come with certain toppings, and cheese is one of the toppings. Right. So when people would order... A big che- a hot dog with a lot of cheese on it. We'd go big cheese, and the other guys would go, "Mind this, go to the office." And then one of us would go in the back room, and then everyone would just be confused, and we would laugh our asses <laughs> off. And- so I always think of this song because yeah. we would we would we would play Nirvana while we were working, 
yeah. then we would self-reference the lyrics <laughs> any way we could to try and like fuck with the people while we were working. That's awesome. In addition to that, I would also pretend I was from other countries when I worked there. Oh, sure. And I'd come out usually with my shirt uh, Daisy Duked, you know, like tied in the middle. Oh, nice. Like that, that was the style from the country I was from. Naturally. And then I would, uh, <laughs> I would, I usually would be like some kind of Eastern European guy. Yeah. And I would be like, you want what topping? And they're like, relish. And I'm like, relish. Okay. He's green. He's green. <laughs> and they'd go, yeah. And they'd, get, and they'd get so involved in like trying to help me. And I would like, okay, and, uh, onion. Oh, no, onion. And I'd put that on. And, and then I'd go, uh, mustard. <laughs> like I would just, you know, like when you work at a hot dog stand, oh, yeah. You have to find shit to like pass the time. Yeah. Quoting Nirvana lyrics and pretending you're a foreigner pretty much the way to do it i i one time at i worked at an insurance job for like 10 years but at one point uh they installed like a satellite radio type thing all right and it digital music express was it yeah something like that and it played in the office but also what we were hearing in the office was the hold music oh amazing and uh it became a big issue in the office like what music got played to the point that they finally let us decide uh, like we got spots like Thursday's Adam's Day to pick the music and I would I picked like some alternative channel and someone complained because they heard Heart Shaped Box on our hold music and it, that was they it was complained? They com- I would be psyched to hear a song that good on hold because hold music's normally like fucking <laughs> Chuck Mangione, ladies and oh, gentlemen. Mangione. Mangione. Not bad. Could do a lot worse. You could. Apparently, but, you could do Heart Shaped Box, and that would just make people crazy. You know what their whole music should be? Heart Shaped Pod. It should be us should. Telling, telling yes. them about what they could be listening to. Exactly. Yeah, this... What song? I hate the way I have the computer positioned, because I have to, like... You have to go and look at it? Pull away from the mic to look at songs. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, big cheese. We are powering through these. We are. But last time we were like stacked. We were stacked too deep last time. Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing about Nirvana songs. There's very few that are longer than a couple of minutes. Like you're usually through right. them, you know. Is there a six minute? Oh, wait, there's. Well, there's Endless Nameless is really long, isn't it? Is it? I just feel like it takes a long time to get to it. Um, there was a. The, the like the hidden bonus track on in utero was called "Gallons of Rubbing Alcohol Flow Through the Strip." What you've never heard that? There's a hidden song on in utero. Yeah, and it's like eleven minutes long, and it's weird as fuck. You didn't know that? I did not know that. Well, let's listen to that. Let's listen to that. Yes. Because look, here's here's the thing I'm having with now, and I, I mentioned this before, is that. Uh, with uh, never mind the fact that the um, hidden song takes so long to get to, and you had to just kind of let that be dead yeah. air for a while. I mentioned my being on acid in a tree and falling out because I got scared because <laughs> I forgot yeah. that we were listening to music. Uh, I was listening to never mind on my phone here, but I've imported it from that CD that has it. So usually my records just oh, an album yeah. just loops and it just stopped, you know, after the last song. And I was like, oh, all right, whatever. And it's and just, just quiet started forever. Again. Started again. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Fucking 25 <laughs> years later, I'm still freaked out by this goddamn record. <laughs> nice. Yeah, this song. How, uh, where was it hidden? Well, I might be misstating it. I think it was, I do think it was a hidden track, but it was on like, the import version. Oh, okay. Of that is hidden because I did not In utero. Right. Yeah, like most people had never heard it. But I don't know if it was even listed, if it was on the track listing. But you've probably... Maybe I've heard it and didn't know that was the name of it. You've probably heard it. Yeah, there's... You would have no reason to know that this song is called Gallons of Rubbing Alcohol Flow Through the Strip. He just says that at some point. But this is one of their... And it's seven minutes long. But it's definitely one of their weirder songs. Is it just them kind of space jamming for a little bit? For a little bit, but there's... Uh, no, there's lyrics, and this is a studio thing. This is a yeah. so this was done 
at the time of the rest of the in utero stuff? Yeah, I think this was. Uh, I think it's when they recorded in utero, or it was during the. Have you ever heard the Rio sessions demo? Uh, no. The demos they did in Rio before they recorded in utero, really good. That's where the Seasons in the Sun cover comes from. Why were they in Rio? I think they just wanted to get out of the get out, go do something cool somewhere. They're big into getting out of the usual area. Yeah, if you follow that. Yeah, this is a weird song. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard this. Really? Yeah. It's on the deluxe, on the reissue of In Utero. See, I don't have any of the reissues because I got burned by so many reissues. I just uh, stopped looking at them by the time they yeah. showed up. And well, they're was, all on Spotify, too. Well, then I'll have to I'll have to yeah. jump in and check this out. Because it wasn't until we started talking about the, the albums more that I was like, oh, these reissues are fucking cool. There's yeah. all kinds of stuff on them. Yeah. It's not just, here's an alternate, t- here's 19 alternate takes of the song. Right. And they all sound like the original take of the song. Yeah, <laughs> on both of them, on all three actually have really good bonus tracks. And the uh, the Bleach reissue has that really great live show. I think all of them have a live show with them also. Oh, cool! Like yeah. a, a separate disc or that? Yeah, the uh, I think in Utero is the Live and Loud concert that one the one they did. For MTV in like December of '93. Oh right, yeah. Which they actually released that eventually as uh, like a CD DVD thing. Yeah, this is an odd song. It's also seven minutes long. So if if the people want to go check out the rest, yeah, go check it out. That sounds. I'm gonna go check it out more too. That's interesting. That's the thing. You know what I love about bands is when you you're like, no man, I got it. I I got everything. No, you don't. Yeah. There's always something else. There's always. What song was I going to play? I think you were going to play something off of Bleach. I think. I want to say, was it Curmudgeon, or did we do that one already? We haven't done Curmudgeon yet. Let's listen to D7. Oh, D7. Interesting chord. This is... That's what this one's about, right? The... Is it? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know either. This was a cover. This is like one of their more beloved B-sides. This was on the Hormoning EP. Which they released in '92, just on their Australian tour, and it uh, was really sought after because it had this cover on it, which is a, I think it's by the Wipers, another obtuse obscure band. Yeah, super obscure band. Still no Beachcombers. And this, uh, I know I said heavier songs. It gets there, does it? Oh yeah, it's this is. Sort of a false intro. You know, there he goes again, lulling me in, getting me comfortable. You think this is a... Oh, it's a nice little slow, reflective song. Boozy little song. Oh, yeah, it's kind of almost honky-tonky. I can see where I I can maybe even dance to this. This, uh, if you can find an original copy of this EP on vinyl, buy it. Buy it. If you can afford it. What's it go for? Uh, I saw one on eBay the other day for 20... Four hundred dollars. What? Yeah. yeah, American. Yeah, yeah. There's copies of Bleach. That's that like worth... two ounces of gold. Yeah, there's copies of Bleach that are worth like five grand. What? Because the first version of Bleach was. Oh, yeah, see? Yeah. The uh... there's that big muff. That's a pedal. If you don't know. Yeah. The first version of Bleach was only sold at a music festival in Seattle called Lame Fest. Lame Fest? Yeah. And if you have a Lame Fest version of Bleach, you, you could buy probably like buy a nice used car with it. Sure. It's yeah. like four or five grand. There's you get one like on, an 89 Honda with that. There's also one on eBay right one of those on eBay right now that just went up for I think forty three hundred. Now look i I'm not, not a record collector, but there's just some things I just don't get. Yeah. So if it's exactly the same as the sub pop version. Is it just because mine's rarer? Is that why it's so much yeah, money? just harder to find. Like a lot of, almost all of the early versions of Bleach on vinyl are worth some money because uh, they printed it up for that festival and then uh, for a while didn't reprint more. And it wasn't until Nirvana started kind of picking up steam as a band that they decided to print more. 
and they printed a bunch of limited edition colored vinyl versions oh. through a company called Erica Records. So if you find any copy of Bleach that mentions Erica Records, buy it. It's worth uh, like the I've seen the pink version for like two hundred. If you can find the red marble version, that one is like five or six hundred. Really? But they're all worth pretty decent money. And it's a, that's like a real rabbit hole I've fallen down since we started. Like, like there's like I can't afford that kind of shit. But I guess for record store day a couple years ago, uh, Newberry Comics. You ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. Uh, Two special edition versions of the Bleach reissue on clear uh, marbled black vinyl. Come on, man! And then one that's on like a so it looks like the al- it looks like the album, which is like a negative. So it looks like a see through negative, right? I'm and a sucker for see through vinyl. I'm a sucker for glow in the dark vinyl. Like any version of that 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 exists. I'm a sucker for it. And they only made I think 750 of each one, and I saw. Both of them packaged together on eBay the other day for a hundred bucks, and I was like, "That's not awful." I might have to get that. You know, yeah. I don't know if I have a hundred bucks for that right now, but yeah, that's more affordable yeah. than the five. Like, if I came home to my wife and was like, "Hey, I um, spent five thousand dollars on a record we already have on the computer," <laughs> she'd say, "No, you didn't." Yeah, send it back. The Penny Royalty single too. I think we've talked about that. Oh, one, is that the right? one they had to pull? That no, had, yeah, that yeah. Had, I hate myself from want to die, die and they're like. Eh. Is going to take this back? We'll take those back. Uh, maybe we'll just put it back out with a different song. <laughs> All right. What song do you want to talk? I think we only got. I think. Marigold, Paper Cuts, Big Cheese, Floyd the Barber. Curmudgeon was my other one. Curmudgeon. This is one of my favorites. And this might be the song with the lighter. Yeah, I think it is. I love just. You don't hear them using effects very often. Yeah. So you got this crazy phaser in the beginning on the guitar, which yeah. you don't really hear. Kurt's more famous for the small clone, which is a chorus pedal made by Electro Harmonics. Right. I can get super geeky about the um, equipment. So that's kind of part of his signature tone, especially on um, Nevermind. So to hear this yeah. sound, you just you didn't hear that on, on yeah, other it's stuff. Still, still going. It's still going, yeah. I think it's on the rhythm track the whole time, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of my favorite of their B-sides. I think it it was on... I think it's from the Nevermind era, which is strange. Yeah, because it's so noisy. It sounds yeah. It sounds like maybe a Nevermind demo. It sounds like something maybe yeah. before they before they sat down with Butch Vig. I want to say it's on one of their singles, though. One of the singles I had. So I want to say... Yeah, I think Lithium, right. maybe. Might have been the B-side to Lithium. But it's one of those Nevermind era right. singles. You know what? I just remembered I have a bunch of CD singles of Never of Nirvana at home, and I haven't looked at them in a while. Yeah, I bought. This is another thing I don't have anymore. But I bought the. Uh, they put out their singles box set for oh, Record Store Day. Oh, that sounds cool. I actually uh, went through a breakup and I left it at the girl's house and wouldn't give it back to me. That's or me. my cat. What? It was a long story. I'd moved out of state, and I was like, can I come back and get my cat? She was like, no, not really. Like, oh, can I, I come call? back and get my Nirvana singles? No, not really. Yeah, same thing. So that was a Sounds bummer. like a lot of withholding. Yeah. It was, it was dark. It's a dark time. Sad times. Fuck. My cat's name was Dio. Was he like a rainbow in the dark? Well, yeah, kind of. Had a little Hitler nose. Can he ride the tiger? Yes, yes. Holy that's, diver. Yeah. The holy great. diver. Yeah, that's what I... I, at the time, just... It didn't register with me that that name means God. And I was just like, Dio. <laughs> I'm going to name my cat after Ronnie James Dio. Is that why he took the name Dio? I don't know. Or is that really his name? I feel like it's probably his name. I don't know. That would be cool if his name is Ronnie James God, right. and he just changed it to Dio, so it sounds less weird. Let me get a little more cool. RJG? What, uh... I'm sorry, I had a... I just remembered that Ronnie James Dio has a very uh, unique headstone, which him giving the devil horns. Oh, really? Uh, doesn't Kurt have a unique headstone for wherever he's interred? Isn't it him, like, with a guitar or something, or, like, a bad... 
Or am I thinking of like a, a? He was cremated though. But didn't they put put him up some? Or did they, there's like a weird Kurt statue somewhere, isn't there? Yeah, I don't know. I might have made that up. I feel like he's wearing like a striped sweater, and there's a guitar. God, I hope not. Yeah, I think that's a thing. Let's let's listen to the last song. All right, and I'll I'll Google for right. it. What is? That? Oh, let's talk about hairspray queen. This is a incesticide, but originally was it a? F- no, it wasn't part of the fecal matter stuff, right? That was it pre. It's pe- post. Yeah, it's post fecal matter. It's one of their early. They had a lot of really weird noise rock kind of songs. And that's really heavily represented on Incesticide. And this is, I tried to pick the weirdest one because there's Mexican seafood. Right. Uh, Beeswax is a super weird song. Right. This has almost a dead milkman feel in the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, And his uh, vocals on this are bananas. Like not in the oh that's a very good vocal performance. <laughs> oh what, do you, the, what a unique take! But in the what are all your songs going to sound like this? If so, here. But <laughs> right, it's it's pretty King Buzzoe though. But this, this is such a great song, right? I mean it's a, it's a weird song. like this is what I was hoping there would be more of on the With the Lights Out box set. More I was of hoping there'd of... be more of this weird noise rock type stuff. Because Incesticide is actually probably the Nirvana album I listened to the second or third most. Really? Yeah. It's, it's the least cohesive, though, because it's such a hodgepodge of yeah, collected yeah. B-sides and stuff, though. But it's... Yeah, I would say probably after In Utero, Incesticide is probably the one I listen to the most. And then unplugged. I have to be in a mood for unplugged. Yeah, it's a, like, that's a that's a that's a downer. Kinda. It takes you. Yeah, it takes you on a ride. But this this song's just a party. He <laughs> does sound crazy. And it's like, I, if I remember correctly, it's just him like telling hair rockers that they're enemies. Like, oh, is that what that means? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So he was saying, hey, Lane Staley, grow a goatee. Yeah, exactly. Let your hair get floppy. You're my enemy. Let me talk to you about heroin. Let me talk to you about heroin. Yeah. You, Have you heard the good news about heroin? It will not make you risen. It'll just make <laughs> you lay down. Lay you, down hard. Right. You, me, Andy Wood, Mark Lanigan. Let's get in a room. Let's get some needles. We'll see who we'll see who the last man standing is. Oh, that I bet that happened. That oh, it exact had to, scenario, right? Yeah, happened a lot back then. Sure, those motherfuckers party. Is that partying at that point? Like, yeah, when, I feel like no. when there's needles and death involved, you're not yeah. partying. Yeah, that's true. You're just. I don't even know if there's a word for it. You're drug addicts. Yes, basically, they're just addicting. Yeah, they're just walking around being addicted. Yeah. What a bummer. But kind of made him make interesting shit. Yeah. It kind of made him do interesting things. That's the whole, I mean, I feel like as maybe almost irresponsible as it is to say, as bad as heroin was for that scene, I think it's what made that scene weird and interesting. Yeah. It made all of the those guys, maybe they'd have gotten there without it. Yeah. But it, it definitely made them insulate and do a weird you know it's kind of like stone temple pilots definitely made their best music when yeah. scott wyland was strung out yeah that's another sad cautionary tale yeah oh yeah that's super sad but uh i fucking love i i loved stone temple pilots i saw them in concert i never saw them in maybe concert. twice i definitely saw them once were you ever on the bandwagon of they're ripping off people? They're ripping off Alice in Chains or no, ripping off? Because again, I got into them like kind of after that whole thing had passed. Like they were obviously still a band right. by the time I got into them. But uh, oh, it does get weird towards the end here. Oh yeah, it's a super weird song. I yeah, I got into them like all the other bands, like kind of late, and I always thought musically at least in terms of just pure musical talent they might have been the best of those like really 
big grunge bands because Scott yeah. Weiland is beyond compare as a front man. Like he's one of the last real rock stars sure. we had. But the DeLeo brothers are so fucking talented. Right. And the drummer, whose name I don't remember, like that that group is so musically talented. I agree, yeah. They work so well with Scott Weiland. It was magic. And to write Weiland off as a grunge ripoff, Alice in Chains ripoff guy is uh, is a mistake. Oh, yeah. Uh, they definitely were capitalizing on the fact that he had a similar vibe. Right. But the stuff that he did, even his solo records, and yeah. to your point, the Delano brothers, Delano, is that right? DeLeo. DeLeo brothers? Yeah. They did an album with the lead singer of Filter called Army of Me. That's actually a really interesting album. It didn't get any, like, that kind of music wasn't popular yeah. anymore. But it's an interesting record that they put out, and it's sonically interesting, and yeah. that dude wasn't a bad front man either. Yeah. Yeah, Stone. I, I loved Stone Temple Pilots. I, that, I don't what, love that they have the guy from um, Linkin Park singing for them now. Oh, yeah, I don't give a shit about them now, but... Tiny music, I think, is music from the Vatican. Oh, gift fuck, shop? we're doing yeah. that best albums of the '90s, and that's oh, you got fuck, man. That's gonna have to be on my oh, list. Oh my god, that, yeah, that will have already happened by now. But right, and you will have heard us hash it out about talking about how there is no way to pick just ten. Yeah, there's no way. Tiny music is one of my favorite. Oh, it's a good one. one of my favorite albums ever. I think it's got, I think it's got all of Stone Temple Pilots like really. Gra- I mean, not the like not singles, obviously, but. There's so much really interesting stuff. Do you think if these music. if these guys, uh, Kurt and um, some of the other big grunge guys, had made it a little longer in the tooth, do you think we would have gotten a grunge supergroup out of them? Do you think we would have gotten, or do you think they would have all wanted to stay separate? Yeah, I don't think. I hope not. Because, I mean, with Alice in Chains, we got a little bit of Alice Mudgarden where they had the, yeah. like, that one song on the, uh, the Sap EP where it was... Guys from Mudhoney, guys from Soundgarden, guys from Alice in yeah. Chains, all recording one song. I wonder if we would have gotten that with Kurt. I wonder if he would have teamed up with anybody or if he would have continued to kind of do his thing where it's like, I'm going to go completely out of the scene and, and mix with new people. Yeah, I could have seen him kind of exiting the scene. Like, it seemed like that if you, like, it's the way he talked around the end of his life. It seemed like that's where he was heading. You was, think he would have done a duet with Puff Daddy? I hope so. Yeah, I'm a, like my dream is, you know, that he would have been on the Godzilla soundtrack. <laughs> what was the name of that song with the Foo Fighters? Oh, was it? It was all about the Benjamins, wasn't it? Didn't yeah, they do an all do right. a rock version with the Foo Fighters. Yeah, they did that with the Foo Fighters. And then he also did something with the with the <laughs> with Jimmy Page playing Cashmere. Yeah, it was. Uh, Come with me. Come with me. Da-na-na-na-na-na-na. Oh, oh angry man. Puff Daddy. Oh, wow. At least we never got Cobain doing that. I mean, that's yeah. what we can say. We go, you know, he lived hard. He lived fast. He lived sad. Yeah. But he never did that. Yeah. You know? And I, I, yeah, I could see him not ever doing that. I don't know, hopefully, man. If, hopefully. Yeah. If he'd stayed around and got more kind of pushed around by uh, um, Courtney, you know, if they'd stayed yeah. together. And if, or if the divorce had been super terrible and he'd just been like, fine, whatever, take all the money, I don't care. Yeah. And then it was like, well, I got to go got to go join Rage Against the Machine for an encore. <laughs> I guess we're doing, uh, you know, we're going to go free Leonard Peltier because we care about that <laughs> for this year, but we're not going to care again. Sure. Tom Morello's a communist. We should all be millionaires, apparently, <laughs> is what his opinion is. Oh, Kurt, you're angry. <laughs> I'm still angry, guys. I'm very bitter. <laughs> Jeez. Do you not know my backstory? I lived under a bridge. <laughs> I lived under a bridge. Don't test me. <laughs> and don't Google that either. Yeah, please don't Google it. That podcast is a lie. They don't know shit about me. <laughs> Never met those guys. Oh, uh, this was fun. It's always fun. It is. And I always learn more by talking with you about this. When you're like, this song's about this. I'm like, I'm just yeah, like I just like the guitar. <laughs> like I'm like the worst fan. I have read and studied up. It's embarrassing how much no, 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 time no, no. of my life has been spent just digesting Nirvana facts. I will argue as someone who gets to learn from you that it is not wasted because I enjoy it. Well, thanks. I think I would assume people who are continuing to listen to the podcast are also enjoying it. So I, 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 think, sh- I sure it, hope so. Yeah. And again, if you're going to have one of those sh- like shitty, com- like if you want to be constructive, that's one thing. But keep the shitty comments. Yeah. Keep them. 
Or or leave them and I'll just hide it yeah. on my page yeah. and you'll think it's still there. But at it's least really not. have it make sense. Yeah. Like just okay. That's what I'm saying. Be shitty, but be shitty in a way that another yeah. person can understand. Be shitty in a way that we would go. Yeah, we were pretty. Ah, uh, you were yeah. right. I you get got it. us. Oh, I don't agree with your opinion, but at least that sentence structure makes sense. I did a podcast once where I accidentally played the intro three times, twice over while people were talking. And people called me on that. And after I thought about it, you know what? They were right. I shouldn't have put three intros there. No. Four. It was, it was an accident. <laughs> should have done yeah, four. should have done five or yeah, six. right. Fucking complainy motherfuckers. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Let's get out of here. Do All we have right. anything to plug? I am on Twitter. You on can Twitter. follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm at Mr. Travis Clark on both. I am on the Twitter also at Adam Todd Brown. And if you want to hear all the rest of the Unpops Network podcasts, uh, you should subscribe on Patreon. $5 a month. You get so many fucking podcasts. It's great. Unpops.com slash Patreon. No, Patreon.com slash Unpops. There you go. And look, you got $5 laying around. You got it. You got $5. Go ask somebody. Right. What did you do today? Did you go like, oh, I'm going to go get like a burger and some fries? Well, fucking pack a lunch that day. Yeah. And spend that $5 supporting uh, awesome pod- independent podcasting. You ate yesterday, you pig. You don't have to eat every day. Jesus. You know who didn't eat every day? The members of Nirvana when they were on tour. Right. They ate AM, PM corn dogs, <laughs> and they bought a bunch of them and kept them in their pockets. And they lived under a bridge down allegedly, by the river. Allegedly. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. Travis, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>